It's a little weird to sit around this table and behind this microphone again. So where to begin? I guess I'll start by saying good evening from our studio in Toronto. I'm Mike Nicholas, sitting in the captain's chair. It's been a little while since we last talked, almost six years. I hope all of you are doing well. And I apologize for not being around for all this time. Sadly, life happened. I guess that's the shortest of short versions as to explain things. But to be honest, I've wanted to bring back this podcast for a very long time. But as time went, I knew it had to be a little different. Many of us who once sat around this table aren't really the anime and manga fans we once were. So what would this podcast be about now? What now interests us? What now inspires us? For starters, many of us who sat around the table have taken up other interests. Some of them related to our pasts. Some of them completely different. Some of the things became our life. And for others, they remained a very happy hobby. Some of us kept up with things that not only interested us, but whose backstories inspired us in many ways. So a big part of this is sharing some of these stories. This is a little something I'd like to call the six talk. And really, to be honest, I have no real clue where this is going to go. I'm not totally sure if the name the six talk will be the name of the podcast as a whole or just an umbrella name for a bunch of little podcasts. I don't know yet. Because really, this whole podcast project is about anything. Kind of taking a page out of Jerry Seinfeld's book. This is a podcast about anything. And that's against the advice of friends who feel I should narrow down the focus of this project. But so many of the things that have caught my attention over the years go to a bunch of different places. So that's where we are now. But in the end, the sixth talk began with the anime roundtable. And perhaps to begin, we should kind of reflect as to where we've been. And I've been in touch with a lot of the others who did the, who sat around this table, who did the show with us and um, kept up with them. And I found out a little bit about what they're up to these days. So I, you know, Indulge me for a few minutes here, and I'll tell you what's going on with all of them. Um, Neil Sinclair, I found out, is still very much the geek that we all knew him to be. He's um, he's still very much into the into the Star Wars stuff uh, or into the geek stuff, and he w- w- and hopefully when we hear from him again, he says, "Don't get him started on Star Wars." Um, Enrico Bianco, I don't know how much he wants us to to say, but um, he's moved to Southern California, and well, he, he admittedly he knows he can't help out too much with this little project. So, but uh, he's helping out doing more major projects. Uh, last check, uh, he was working for Google. Clarissa Jewell, um, not as much into the anime stuff, she says, but. Uh, she ended up in the JET program teaching English in Japan. Uh, one of three three members of our alumni who has taught in Japan. And ma- as a matter of fact, has parlayed that uh, uh, to being part of the part of JET's alumni association in Ontario. So she's, uh, I think, the co-chair of the uh, Toronto Association of that. Um, even And even though she doesn't watch much in the way of anime these days, her her uh, partner does. Um, the other one of the other uh, the other two alumni, um, Jeffrey Gregg, he's on that. Um, I know he. I've kept up with him, talked to him periodically. He's doing okay. Uh, hopefully, we'll have him on the show one day. Angela, Angela Jordan. Um, she she moved back to her hometown of London and some years ago married her. Uh, Married her sweetheart. Uh, she's been married for some years, and um, she works at a, what is it? She works at a video uh, for a. 
she's an artist for a vi- for a video game company based in London. So that that isn't a big surprise uh, when you if you remember her quite well. Um, unfortunately, word came down last week to us um, that her mother in law passed away. So um, I hope Angela hears this sooner or later, and I hope. Uh, she's holding up okay. I'm really hoping for her husband, Craig, on this one, too. Uh, Megan Swain worked at a video game studio herself for eight years, and uh, but has been pretty much a... But that closed in 2016 and um, moved to Vancouver. She's been unemployed since, or uh, working, or bouncing around from what, I, from what she says here. But, and she's gone back to school in the process. Um, Still lives in Toronto, and according to these, the the message she sent me, she's been she started recently started editing a literary journal. So good, that's good, good for her. Uh, and um, I guess last but not least, we have to kind of mention uh, our old friend Adam Grant. Um, Adam, I don't actually talk too much these days, but I do keep up with his wife Megan. And from what I can understand, um, they've moved, you know, they got married, they have two sons, uh, and Adam's become a a pretty good lawyer, no surprise there, Um, and a pretty high-powered one, became a partner at his law firm. And um, I know from what I could gather from the posts that uh, Megan puts up, Adam is a great dad who will stick up for his family when it comes down to it. So there you go with him. Now, as for uh, James Austin, well, uh, he's sitting right here right now. Sorry to make you sit through all that, Austin. So, you're now, first of all, we got to give the audience proof that you're actually here. Proof that I'm here. Wow. Uh, no, it's been so long, hasn't it, Mike? Oh, man, well, oh, man. You're the guy. And I, and I look like a totally different person. Even my brother looks like a totally yeah, different well, person. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you ever saw the show, you knew that uh, James often almost always wore glasses. He had laser eye surgery about a year or so ago. Yeah, about last year. And so both of us uh, had it, my brother and myself. And let me tell you, it's like we wore glasses like forever. The only time we took them off was when we went to sleep. So it's been a revelation. Yeah, and I had the worst sight of the bunch. And... I, I still can't believe I can see everything without mm-hmm. them. Like it's, it began weird, but now it's normal and it feels great. Mm-hmm. It really feels great. And the person that did the surgery and stuff like that, top marks. So. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had, and that's the thing that, it, and that's this. what every, we had conversations, but that's the thing I know everyone worries about. And I worry, we worried about it too, but we found someone that we could trust and it turned out for the best. Yeah, chalk, like went, it, chalk went up to recommendation for laser eye surgery right here. Yeah, no, I know. It's like, it's, it's, you know, you're at a good one too. And you have someone in the waiting room and they said they got their laser eye surgery on sale. They were talking to the guy (laughs) and and, and basically they sent someone else first. And I guess it was good enough. They went and they said they butchered their eyes. So now they were at this guy. And they had to redo (laughs) it. But no, this one was a great person. It's like in Mississauga. And it, uh, it's like, I'm just amazed. Like you can't see perfect, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I can see so much and I don't need any glasses or anything. Obviously, as I age, I'm probably going to need some glasses. That's normal. Things happen as you get older. But it's been an incredible journey for me and my brother being able to see things with our own eyes for the first time. And I think one thing I think back to now, just to end off on the sight thing, is one of the first things I remember and the only things I remember before I got classes, I was really, really young playing video games. You think was, that messed you up? Was, you messed up no, the no, eyes. no, no. We, our eyes, our family history isn't that great. But the one I remember was the NES and Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Golf. And that's the one I remember. And especially Super Mario Brothers without the classes. The only time I ever remember ha- not having glasses ah. playing. And the first one, the game I tried without the glasses. I obviously I didn't play or I wasn't near screens for the longest time because they want your eyes to heal up and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. in the end, I actually signed up. There was a Nintendo kiosk near me in Mississauga. It's now uh, in Vaughn, if anyone wants to go and see it, oh, at Vaughn Mills. Yeah, okay. It used to be at Aaron Mills. Yes. Tenthar, but now it's at Vaughn Mills. And if you're in Vancouver, there used to be in one van- in Vancouver. It's not there anymore. It's now in Calgary. And so... 
The one uh, I went to when it was at Aaron Mills Town Center, they had a special thing for E3 last year with uh, Mario Odyssey. So that was the first game I got to try out without my glasses for the first time. And it was an experience. Like I, <laughs> I, I couldn't take this one. I told because they had been there for a long time. So the guys knew me there at the kiosk. And so it's like they saw me and I said, wow, it's like I, this is this feels like an out of body experience playing this Mario game because I said the same thing. The last one was I was so young. The original Mario Brothers on the NES, like all that it was just an incredible experience. Yeah. Well, it was good. And he uh, he looks a lot different without the glasses. So yeah, I guess so. Does, yeah, like, quite a bit. But but I, I'm pretty sure there's a big comfort level with it now. So. Yeah, no, a big comfort level. It's like I know my brother said the same thing. People see us and they know us for years yes. and years, and it's like you just build up the image, right? Mm-hmm. And so now without the glasses, it's like people just kind of give give you that first weird look, and then we just roll with it. <laughs> Everyone gets used to it. Yes, oh, man. they do. Okay, so where do we uh, continue? Actually, there is uh, two other guys I, I didn't bring up in the whole little spiel the back there. Um, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the um, Comic Den brothers, the Vissers, uh, Terry and Anthony. Um, it's been a few years since we last were in touch with them. So, but um, Terry and Anthony Visser, um, they moved out of Mississauga how many years ago? Three, four years ago, I think. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. I think it was but about three years. Uh, I want to say four, three years. There, I'm going to say three, but I think we're coming up on four now. Mm-hmm. It has been that it's been a little while. They moved um, in the in roughly May of um, May of two thousand. Yeah, it was in the spring because two thousand fourteen. Were... Let's say two thousand thirteen mm-hmm. or four, uh, fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. They moved up to a little town. Uh, they moved a good seven hours to a town called Engelhart in Ontario. And that's where they've been ever since. Um, they moved out of Mississauga. And, it, you know, we, we've kind of lost touch, but I do see, but I'm, uh, I do uh, see uh, Terry's um, Facebook once in a while. And uh, they seem to be doing well there. Unfortunately, about in July, I believe July of uh, 2016, their mother Rita passed away. Um, now we often told we loved t- uh, James and I certainly loved our conversations with the brothers, um, and we'll gladly tell their story as much as we can because they were they pretty much got us into they were big parts of why we were into anime and manga back then. Um, and Rita was Mrs. Fisher was one of the big ones. Uh, she she really helped um, helped out the business from the from the back, and obviously she was their mother. Uh, one thing we have to say about her is, and if you remember in past episodes, we talked a lot about their link to the Anne Frank story and how um, the Vissers were the uh, nephews of Victor Kugler, one of the key figures in the Anne Frank story. What we didn't mention at the time was that um, when Kugler died in Toronto in the early 80s, he uh, didn't have a family, and many of his possessions were left with them, with the Vissers. Rita was the executor, was pretty much the executor of Victor Kugler's estate. So um, that's, uh, I guess, just to deepen those links a little further. Um, she was a nice lady to. She was a nice lady to constantly have conversations with. So, uh, and I can't imagine what it's like to lose a parent. So I guess, so you feel bad for them, obviously. And it's been a little while, I know. But um, I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't, men- uh, you know, it would be good, it would be wrong if we didn't mention them. Uh, I guess as time goes, we'll uh, keep mentioning the others. Uh, but like I said, um, this is a slightly different project from what we've done before. And as I said, we're going to talk about anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, truth be told, let's just uh, give a sense, because um, we're recording this on Friday evening, or Friday night now, uh, February 16th. And I get the feeling by the time we're fully done with this, it'll be February 17th. So uh, we're in the middle of the Olympics. We're actually watching men's hockey. And they just scored, so. <laughs> and Canada just scored against the Czech Republic. It's 2-1, to one, just to date everything. The funny part will be when, uh, if and when you guys hear this, because I have no clue 
exactly when you, all of you will hear it. When frankly, we're not. I'm going to keep the Olympic talk. Let's keep the Olympic talk to a minimum for today for this time around. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we just to give you a sense of where of the time and date we're doing things. Um, and as I said, we're just testing this, and this is kind of a cold run for uh, whatever we're going to do. Um, oh yeah, six talk. Okay, so the other p- component will always about about this little project is well. In the later days, or as we always taped the show, we always mentioned we were in Toronto. And, um, you know, despite uh, all its little quirks, we were always proud to do the show in Toronto. So um, we want to make that a little bit more prominent uh, in this new project. And um, I guess the first thing we'll do is tell you, you know, exactly where we are in Toronto. Um, that we're... Um, Throughout the last little vestiges of uh, Anime Roundtable, we taped the show at, in my little place here in in the West End, in Etobicoke, um, in Etobicoke uh, here in Toronto. Um, this is a rather historic area, from what I could gather. Like, it's a rather mm-hmm. historic area. I mean, I mean, and some things I'm sure they hope would be gone, but are still here, like and, the Spaghetti Junction and everything yeah. else. Actually, we'll go through that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, just to give everyone a sense, uh, the, uh, the listeners who are well, who are outside of Toronto, uh, just to give people a sense of this area, of this part of Toronto. It's the West End. Um, we're right near the border with Mississauga, which is where the uh, airport is. The airport actually straddles the ter- Mississauga-Toronto... Toronto uh, border, Pearson International. Um, actually, technically within Mississauga, um, but it's right on the edge. So um, the Etobicoke end, uh, the west end of Mississauga, is pretty much the stronghold of Rob Ford. Um, there's a name from the recent past. The, this end of Toronto, this, Rob Ford was from the west end. He was an Etobicoke guy. So... Um, and uh, and when you go around this part of the city, um, you can um, Rob Ford still holds a very strong, uh, strong name, and he's and um, you know it's it, like the man, the man and the whole Ford family hold still hold a lot of love in this area. Hmm. Um, it's always interesting here. You say that because I always think of it as more north. Etobicoke and then Central Etobicoke for a lot of the things they talked about there and my grandparents were here. I always think of Doug Holiday and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was the last mayor, I believe, of, of Etob- um, Etobicoke. Etobicoke before and it, it was actually on, um, I want to say the West Mall. So their city hall before they amalgamated was closer to the West End to the border on the West Mall. Yeah, it was. But he then became a councillor for um, City of Toronto and he held it for many, many years yeah. before he went to provincial politics and i can't remember if his son tried to regain his seat it was like etobicoke uh, central or we'll something like that to, which you might check it might be north of you and then uh, yeah the south of etobicoke i don't know who their torchbearer is for them <laughs> well uh, it's a uh, guy it's a gentleman by the name of the counselor now is a guy by the name of justin diciano and for a long time uh, the this ward was held by peter milchin who actually mm-hmm. would have um not necessarily agreed with Ford, actually, and he is currently a liberal MPP, who, uh, well, who, who will probably be in tough when the provincial election happens here uh, later this in a couple months' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a provincial cabinet minister now. Um, so this is, but this is very much, but as I said, Etobicoke uh, is very much Ford country. Where where I sit is maybe the edge of it, though, but. Um, that's where mm-hmm. we are in Toronto. Now, um, James just mentioned Spaghetti Junction. One of the key, um, the studio, uh, the studio, which we will rebrand and redub in some form, but uh, as we go on, um, the studio overlooks a, a junction called Six Points. Yeah, I know. Six is going to be a regular number here. Um, six, the, it six, was long uh, before it was the six, remember? Yeah. The six, yeah <laughs> so, so, so that was a name that was long in use before in that. This, I can this, tell you that. Yeah, in this particular area. Mm-hmm. James, uh, by the way, James has James's family has roots in this area. Well, we started so off, uh, actually, uh, when they came to Canada and stuff like that, it was Mimico. 
Okay. And then they moved a little further north, and now yeah, which we is, moved to Mississauga. It's like we keep on uh, moving away. Well, it's not much different from my family, actually. So uh, we we uh, I mean we started in like in Canada. We started pretty much in Toronto, and then we moved west ourselves. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, one of the key parts is is what uh, the spaghetti junction that um that James uh, that James here refers to is a little uh, set of ramps. Uh, right, at, that pretty much serve as the intersection between Dundas and Kipling. Uh, we overlook that. We overlook Dundas and Kipling. We overlook those that uh, those set of ramps. Um, they 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 kind of, they're kind of tied up. There's a complete reworking of the of this area currently going on to make it look a little bit more traditional, which I can sort of understand because um, one of uh, while it, it was convenient to actually um, have that uh, little spigot spaghetti junction as uh, as you call it mm-hmm. uh, like people can traffic can flow through pretty well actually but it was still kind of but you had sort of had to know it to get around it properly right yeah and the other thing is there are more people there's more residential area here than what there used to be of course they, you had your and, buildings come up first and then on the other end they had those buildings the townhomes the yeah. um retirement home where my grandparents ended mm-hmm. up spending their last years and that used to be the michael power school yeah so a lot of stuff got redeveloped mm-hmm. and it's become and more densely populated yeah, it's all and going up and it's a part of the toronto plan where a lot of the subway stations they're doing that density you know what i mean it's just all getting more yeah. denser and it's, they're raising i guess all those condos are going up we we kind of have to rewind a little bit about this area um when, this area used to be more industrial industrial based right mm-hmm. so there weren't as many residences and then as the residences popped popped up um spaghetti junction had one unintended uh, one effect that i'm sure was purely unintended, unintended but uh kind of um uh, was a bit of a telling thing about it. Uh, well, the Spaghetti Junction, while convenient, also basically became a virtual wall between both sides of Kipling. So um, the businesses, the little shops and businesses along Dundas and Bloor, basically became isolated from the uh, isolated from the other side of Kipling, depending on which side it was on. It, because it was a real pain, and I do, and I know this from taking walks through this area. It, it's it, it's like it, it acts like a bit of a border between the two, though the, these two parts of Etobicoke. If yeah, you've ever seen because it. the Kipling Station, as you said, it's on the other end, the west end. So it's kind of hard to get mm-hmm. to that other end, especially in the winter. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially and with the winter we've had now, when it piles up, yeah. and then you have the ice. And the reworking of the whole area is meant to eventually make it more livable, um, yeah. make it more livable, uh, livable and walkable. I think walkable is probably walkable the is probably word. what you want. It's like it's like I think about all the other things that were mm-hmm. in the area before, and the other one was I don't know if you remember. But on the other side of the subway station, there used to be a movie theater. The old Westwood, and, yes. Yeah, and, Westwood. And just thinking of that one, my parents used to go to that for movies and that. And it closed uh, many, many, many years and yeah, decades ago. Yeah, it was ago. like probably But they in used the it for storage and parking. But the one thing I remember about that is it being a part of the Resident Evil 2 movie. Oh. When Toronto was, remember, we are Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. It's like just remember that <laughs> this area, by the way, also has a, a film studio just uh, uh, south of us on Kipling. Yeah, so you have the Portlands, and then you have the one on Kipling too, and, as you said. And I know they're still trying to find yeah. more because we've just been and the surrounding. Up, right? Just for reference, the surrounding area a couple nights ago was used for a movie shoot just um, along uh, Dundas, just west, uh, just east of Kipling. Like they closed it up for a film shoot overnight for over like earlier this week. So this area does tend to be used quite a bit for such things. Um, so that's, uh, I guess that's that. Uh, there isn't really much else to say about uh, about it, is there? Um, as I said, when they, uh, as I said, uh, the area is kind of transforming, and um, but it has uh, some old school, old charm to it. So uh, maybe yep. as time goes, we'll. Uh, Go because through that yeah, a this bit used again. as we said, this used to be uh, suburbia, and then where we our old stopping grounds used to be suburbia and Mississauga, and that's transforming as you know too. Mm-hmm. So, so th- it's it's as it's I like said, we're all going to be interconnected with uh, the transit, and 
hopefully it leads to good things, right? It's like right. thinking thinking of that. There's one thing. Remember when we used to uh, record at York University? Uh, there might oh yeah, they just, they opened we remember the subway. We, we always talked about and heard the thing. There's gonna we're gonna get there easier. It's gonna be simple and all that stuff. We never got that subway, but. Until finally now. this year, until or back sorry, in last December. year, <laughs> back in December, yes, the subway finally know, opened up uh, to York University. So there you go. Um, we didn't get on a train though, even though I think many of us said we'd be on that train. It's like mm, we we're promised. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. We're a little too old. Yes. I know. So there's uh, that, and uh, and as time goes, I guess we want to feature Toronto a little bit more prominently as we uh, continue all this. But um, some of this stuff is also a bit. Geekwise too. Um, I mean, James here is still the an- you're still more the anime fan than I am, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm still into uh, the anime and the manga and the video games and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And- I mean, I mean, as I start to get back into it a little, I mean, um, truth be told, I actually did the uh, Namanoichi, the uh, secondhand mm-hmm. flea market, uh, one night flea market at Anime Nor at Anime North uh, last year and. Hopefully I'll get to do it again mm-hmm. this year and and hopefully we'll get to tape there. <laughs> That's on the table, just so you know. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely been a transformation, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the we'll way ta- they do it now. That's yeah, we'll sure. talk if we do if we do Anime North, we're gonna talk about it at length. Um and uh I think the last anime uh, thing I bought was your name. So I mean I have it sitting sealed in 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 the other room there. And maybe we'll open that a bit later. Yeah. So uh there's um there's that, and I guess I'll have to get myself a little bit up to speed, even though, you know, as I said, this anime won't be as much a focus these days, but um, I don't know. What else has caught our attention these days in our con- in those conversations we've talked about? Well, I think uh, getting back to our roots again, we were talking again about sports, just like our uh, good friends at Sportsnet on the fan. Remember Bob McCallan, as we talked yeah. about before, we were talking about the teams because the Toronto sports teams... Uh, Probably was maybe it's because we went off the air. Who knows? They started getting really good again. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're. I mean, I, I admit to being a bit of a sports sports fan. So well, um, me me and you are probably the non traditional Toronto sports fan because we both both of us love the Jays a lot. And for the winter, I really love the Raptors. And I know everyone else in Toronto loves the Leafs, but we're we're not really the Leafs fans. <laughs> Well, uh, we and we keep up with that stuff. Well, um, I think we should because yeah, I'm well, scared if they, if they ever win the cup. I'm I'm hoping that the city survives, that it doesn't get burnt down or something. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, that. I guess we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I know Toronto FC released their thir- their new uh, secondary kit earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stuck with the all white, but they got rid of the red stripe and the red and blue stripe. Okay. And one key difference that people want are happy to see is they put the gold star above their logo, which commemorates okay. their championship yeah, from no, last year. So, wow, that that is something that they got to that championship. I know everyone has their opinion on MLS about the quality in that, but I can tell you that remember Toronto FC a few years ago they were a basket case. They were going through coaches like water, mm-hmm. and then they finally stuck to a plan. And I can't believe it that they kept on progressing they were in the championship last year just barely lost it and then this year they made it through and then we'll see what happens with the uh CONCACAF uh, champions. champions league begins tuesday for them against uh colorado uh on tsn mm-hmm. uh, anyway um and this is a world cup year yeah this no it's, world and it's in russia too yeah it's, yeah uh, well the, it'll be bunch- interesting how it plays out and with a bunch of changes, <laughs> well, uh, some tradi- some names we we thought would make it aren't there. Oh, the yes, USA is uh, not there. I'm sure, uh, as we said, uh, they heard it. To our team heard it because we have some of the two major U.S. players. Remember mm-hmm. Bradley and Altidore. I yeah, believe. and then and they that's supposed to now they're the most, them up now among soccer fans. I think they're the two most hated in in the U.S. Yeah, I think they said after they got booted, they uh, got booed in Atlanta. Supposedly there are quite a few fans mm-hmm. uh, in Atlanta, and they got booed every uh, touch they got. I'll it tell is, you this much: uh, Toronto loves them. No, we do love them. Wow, it's like they they are definitely very professional and brought something like even all the other as we said MLS teams like they've really brought it to another level. Well, it's like the Argos won a championship, yeah, but I know it's the Argos and no one cares. And then well, 
I'm, the one I hope we do care about is the Raptors. It's like they don't get the respect down south, and, and, but they have been doing some incredible stuff. And we and, and, and we were talking at length about that earlier. And maybe it's we'll like, uh, talk a little bit more about that. Um, I guess uh, to uh, here's a nice little transition. Um, I guess uh, 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 let me give a, also a small sense of the demographic inside this building. Uh, I, I going through my uh, apartment building. I've noticed that there's a fair number of um, of Korean families who live here. I, I, two of my neighbors are actually uh, Korean. So mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll start uh, transitioning a little bit. One of the other things, uh, since we were talking about competition, and was esports. We had this little bit about esports. We talked a little bit about esports the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah, it was, it was interesting because both me and you, it's like that isn't in our headspace. Like I've played video games. I know you've played a bit, Mike, but esports... It's very near. Well, I guess it's been going on, but it feels like, as we said, it's really growing up really fast now because we're watching the Overwatch. And this Ah, has taken it to another level, as we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And And you had some really interesting insights, I remember. Well, only because I've watched it. And and it was weird. Um, How do we start this? Because maybe this is kind of perfect for for us to kind of get into because, you know, this is partly our you know, our fandom for our sports fandom kind of combining a little bit with our uh, kind of nerd fa- fandom, our video game, our, our uh, video game pasts. And it's just weird to see or interesting to see how it's become a bit of a business. Like, I I know this, I know we're, we're set for a longer conversation about this. So, um, but I guess uh, we'll just say, I'll, I'll, I'll just start by saying, um, I get it to to some degree, you know. Uh, it's how do I put this? Um, I grew a slight interest in it because um, you know when you have Sportsnet, Sportsnet, uh, Sportsnet here uh, kind of had an agreement with uh, ESL, which is one of the major um, esports esports networks, esports services uh, in the world. I think in the world, it's a European based one. And and if you and if you look through um, Sportsnet. Streaming services, you'll be able to to. They have a an agreement with ESL, so you can watch their channel as well. And they show all these now that fairly older tournaments. I mean, they go. Some of these tournaments go back to 2016 on games like Dota or League of Legends, StarCraft, etc. Um, Street Fighter, even fighting games like Street Fighter Five and World of Tanks and all that stuff, and um, and Counter Strike. And it had a more, you know, it it, it, it felt fairly polished. A little bit, um, like, from a presentation standpoint, it, standpoint, it was overall quite polished, but different. It didn't feel like a, well, it felt, it, it felt like a rather, you know, it felt like something you'd watch on the internet, right? Like, but fairly polished in comparison to, other, I, I suppose, to other things. And then in the last... Um, and then in the last month or so, or last little over a month, yeah, I got introduced to Overwatch and the Overwatch League and learned a little bit about that story. And, I mean, when um, James uh, came by a couple weeks ago, we mm-hmm. watched a little bit of Overwatch League. And that yeah. that took the whole presentation to a different level. And you, if you know my history, you know I take an, uh, an interest in the way things are presented on, a, like... Uh, on TV and stuff, much to the annoyance of some people, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> much to the annoyance of uh, other uh, of other uh, other uh, people. But um, uh, but um, I was kind of surprised because everything I started to see with ESL, um, I thought that was well done. But then Overwatch League kind of took it to an interesting level. I, I wouldn't say another level, but another maybe yeah, maybe it is. With, the best word, another level, because mm-hmm. then it, it was even more polished. But where ESL had a more feel that would probably relate a uh, more European feel to it, um, especially with the way those competitions go, short form tournaments, promotion, relegation, double knockout, etc. Overwatch League had a more North American feel to it easily, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. Mean, 
Yeah, well, as we know, it's uh, Blizzard Activision, so they do have the pockets and they wanted to give it a push, but no one knew where it was going to go. That's the thing, because they put all that money. You said they built that studio they or be- redeveloped it. They redeveloped well, the studio that Johnny Carson held the Tonight Show in. Mm-hmm. It's the same studio. And, that, and that's where all the teams are and stuff like that. It's interesting what they selected for the teams. And then I guess at some point they may go to the host cities and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean. They still have some interesting choices. Of course, they have Seoul. They have London, London, England, not mm-hmm. London, Ontario. And they do have all the American cities. But uh, for no now one they in play, Canada. Yeah, no one in Canada Give that yet. time. But we'll, <laughs> we'll go back to that in a minute. Um or in a, just a little bit, but it had like, but the thing is, it had a more North American feel to the league, right? Mm-hmm. And there are other ones that are coming up. Like I saw something as we were talking on Sportsnet, ironically, talking about the NBA 2K and their new mm, that's where it venture, is. which is intriguing to see how that plays out, and especially with because it's a co-pro with the actual NBA and 2K in that. Yes, and let's go back. I'll I, I, let's reel back just a. I'll reel okay. back on no. that. We, we got to come back to that because. That, mm-hmm. that, that actually might have an interesting uh, thing later on. Mm-hmm. But um, just to go back a little bit, I mean, uh, Blizzard and Activision Blizzard, they, they really put a lot into this. And they, when they're asking for investors, aside from the obvious, the um, you know, established esports, esports um, teams, you know, like Cloud9, which owns, um, which owns London and um, mm-hmm. and a few investors who were into video games who bought out, you know, some of the great, some of the historically great teams in Overwatch, like Lunatic High, became Soul, became the Soul Dynasty. There's some to truly make it kind of sports to add to add the sports to the esports element to this. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the teams are owned by ownerships related to. Traditional sports teams. Well, I think the buy-in was pretty high. Like when they, they started, yeah. they started they, high. Like they wanted. To be, perf- it was rumored to be twenty million, which would be high, but it for would be sports. But for, obviously, it would they're be. trying to s- sell them on the future, mm-hmm. just like any league would and stuff yeah, like that. But and it was peanuts. They said they will grow it and then hopefully yeah. get a return on their investment. It but was. It, we'll but, see. But it does feel high when you think about. Yes, it, it like, is. But you know, it, it's peanuts for groups like. Uh, Comcast Spectacor, who the owners of the Philadelphia Flyers, which own the Philadelphia Fusion, or um, or or the Kraft Group that owns the mm-hmm. Boston Uprising, because they also own the New England Patriots, or the New York Mets, who own the New York Mets ownership, which has a stake in the uh, New York XL, or the Granddaddy is the Los Angeles Gladiators, one of the two LA teams. They're owned by the Kroenke Group. Who do they own? Well, they own the LA Rams, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids of MLS, and Arsenal. So you got some money. You got money in this. And and then they have they got that they had that um, streaming deal with Twitch for I think ninety million over two years. That's the numbers I think I heard. Mm -hmm, Because Twitch is where everyone is going. Yeah, the streaming and stuff like that. Like. They do do it for their own site, but they had to get Twitch if and they wanted to be taken. That's seriously. for worldwide. Uh, that's worldwide um, streaming, except mm-hmm. for China. Uh, so, what about China? Well, that's owned by a group, by a by a communications group. I think. Don't uh, we'll double check this, but they they're also coincidentally the owner of the uh, Shanghai team, the Shanghai Dragons. <laughs> so, uh, I guess it gets it's good to have your foot in the door there. So. Um, Oh, so you have all these little things in it. And remember who Twitch is owned by. Mm-hmm. Twitch is owned by Amazon. So Yeah, that was an interesting story how they ended up in Amazon's arms. Because remember, there was the thing about them being bought out by YouTube. But then they said, maybe not so fast. And then Amazon came in. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in that light, too, because it's kept relatively the same. They've added things, I guess, with the Prime and all that, and then Amazon has their own streaming service, of course. Yeah, so who knows where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, let, we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I guess that's another thing that, that'll catch our attention. And yeah, we'll, we'll have talk to, more find, length we'll have to find someone we'll who's better find... versed than both of us yes. because it isn't our wheelhouse, but it's a very intriguing development because 
it seems like this is the time, like there's been this push because there have been other games, but this one has really taken off and they've actually gotten real money in the game, real mm-hmm. flesh from real professional sports owners. Yeah. Because so, many of them own different teams, of and, course, in different leagues. And yes, we talked about it And it must now. be noted, um, they're at the quarter pole in the Overwatch League season. Uh, they always have playoffs at every uh, every at the end of every quarter or stage. Mm-hmm. And... You know, stage one ended over the weekend. The winner of stage one, the London, the London team, London Spitfire, mm-hmm. which is mainly Korean. <laughs> New York is mainly Korean. Seoul is, well, it should be mainly Korean. But, um, and Koreans dominate as over, uh, dominate Overwatch. Uh, like, it is a thing there. But esports is a thing in Korea, as, we're fine, as I've learned over time. And we talk about, remember we said they built that e-arena in LA. Like, there are some that are starting to come to North America, but they're in Korea, as we said. They have actual esports arenas. Yes. Whether we Blizz- believe it or not, this is crazy. Well, when, and, 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 and they and, want and to get some in some of those cities, rent, as they say. And they are able to rent out, um, they're able to rent out big arenas otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like a Barclay Center, I know was used for um, tournament for ESL tournaments and for and I know Street our Fighter Canada stuff. Center was mm-hmm. also uh, I forget which tournament it was, but they were licensed for an esports one. And it gets so. goes on and on, and you know we'll talk about that at length. I think um, Angela, if you're hearing this, maybe you can offer the offer a thought for us in the future. Now going back to Toronto, since you since we brought it up already, mm-hmm. MLSC has invested a little bit into esports too because those the two K league, and I think they have they have some they have the they have a there's something related to FIFA as well to the to EA Sports FIFA. Hmm. I hadn't heard about that one. Yes, I heard but, about the two K sports one. I was yeah, Raptors, still Raptors in- Uprising GC, I think it's called. And then they they've they've signed a player also to for their for um they've signed players for a player or players for FIFA as well. So mm-hmm. do not be shocked if we see a more involvement by MLSE in the esports arena. Mm-hmm. I am lobbying for uh, Overwatch League expansion team to come to this city. So. Uh, <laughs> one day uh, don't don't think of it as outside the realm of possibilities um but we'll leave but as i said uh maybe once again another discussion for another time and as a, so um there's that <sighs> what other stuff do we want to talk about in the uh, i mean i mean as i said this is a podcast this will be podcasts about anything right so um uh inspirations um well, we talked a bit about Kickstarters, right? Yeah, we were talking funds. a bit about that. It's like I mean, because that, that, because that, that was not even in the realm when we uh, were Stop. still doing this. Yeah. Remember when we were still doing this? But we, we were talking about it because it's not like it didn't happen before, but not to the scale it ended up becoming. And both of us uh, put some money on some Kickstarters. Some were... Most were successful. I'm sure we might have had a few clunkers here or there. I will count at least, oh, maybe two. Yeah, in my case, I think mm-hmm. so. There's something lost, but uh, way yeah. it goes sometimes. No point in getting too upset about it. And then, uh, as you know, we said there are some companies that it feels like they're always on Kickstarter, and maybe they shouldn't be. Like it feels like the one I think of, and it relates back to our old times. And you actually gave to the Kimigori Orange Road one was digital manga, and I gave to a few of the Tezuka mangas. And the last few I haven't given any money to because it's like they're asking for a lot and all this other I, thing. And that's normal for Kickstarters. But it feels like at some point you got to say, well, I know you feel you can't do it, but you got to take risks. That's what a business does. And you've gotten a certain amount of money. And at a certain part, maybe no, don't have all the extras because, as you mm-hmm. said, they have all the extra little goodies. And that is cool. But at the same time, maybe a little profit isn't too bad. You know what I mean? I know. Because it seems they cut themselves thin sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Projects. And sometimes they don't expect things because I know the video game projects, they uh, take a long, long time. There's some that I did from the early days and they're still going on. And some of them might come to fruition this year. But I'm still hopeful. And some of them are good people. They're still updating. And not all of them are like that. I do know. I know. Um, Okay, so you you mentioned Kimmergore Orange Road. So I'll quickly update that one. Um, I've long received the digital copies of of that, mm-hmm. so because I I uh, went in the tier that asked for both digital copies and real cop and regular hard copies. The hard copies will be a little while still, I'm afraid. 
Uh, but I got the digital copy. So, and I got, you know, they were, the people there were, were really cool to deal with. I got, uh, so I got um, both iBook, ver- uh, Apple iBook versions, and I got uh, Emobi versions, which would be, be compatible with Kindles. So, um, you know, thanks a lot. Uh, thank you very much. And I'm not being sarcastic. I, I sounded like I was going with a sarcastic tone there. No, thank you. Um, I, I just have not given myself time to read. This is big part why I'm, I'm not, I'm so out of it when it comes to anime and manga these days, but, um, I, I certainly do want to give myself time to look through, look at this, some, look at this. I'll show this to you a bit later. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so there's, what is it? Some video game projects, two that came out to my, to my mind. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you did them. Mm-hmm. Shenmue 3. Yes, I did uh, do that. I did the physical version. And you'll and that's set to come out later this year, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see how it goes for that for you, I, Suzuki. Like, I'm hopeful. Like, I'm hopeful I for got, the guy. It was interesting on that one because I got into that through the second one on the original Xbox. I never, I did play the first one, but I never got to play it on my own Dreamcast. I never had that attempt. I, yeah, I, ha- I have the original. Um, mm-hmm. I get the, get the feeling that'll be at the Nomenoichi. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. Like thinking back into that game, like it's like it's, a, it's like the grandfather of adventure games, open world adventure games, where you could go and do anything. And now you have so many these years, especially uh, Yakuza coming out to the last few years and gaining steam. Hopefully, yeah. And, uh, and what so, was the other? Um, River City Ransom. Okay, I actually did that one too. That was the PC one, right? Uh, I think River so. City Ransom. Yeah. Uh, now I yeah. They got back. They got the creator back into that. Yeah. No, it was that one. Okay. And so, that was by a. That was one of the first Canadian launched ones, where it was in Canadian dollars. I. Think. Oh really? So yeah. That I, was I, when they I, like, launched. I, I didn't. I, for, I forgot a lot about that one. So what's the status? What's the known status of that? Oh, they already released the game for River City Ransom Ooh. for that one. Where's so, it? So you should have, did you get the... No, I did, I did not. Like, the thing is, both of these I didn't mm-hmm. buy into because, um, oh, well. But that one is already out on Steam. You can buy it on Steam. It's, I think, been out for a year. So you can grab it on sale probably when Steam. the next Steam sale. And it's at other, um, I think it's probably on Humble Bundle and other areas too. Like, what about, oh, geez. But it's and, just and PC. It's just strictly PC. PC. This yep. is, and this is my, my um, this is my uh, dilemma because I'm more of a, you know, console and tablet type of person. Jeez, so, you're tells- saying, so you're saying, Mike, you're going to join me uh, in the future, right? Oh, boy. Uh, in the future? I'm not, I'm, <laughs> or in know, the past, or I guess as the gamers I'm call so, it, we're in the past. Uh, I don't know. I'm all, uh, yeah. In uh, the yeah. Nintendo Switch land? Oh, uh, wait, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's like tablet and console. <laughs> well, I'll have to take a look to see what the formats. The thing is, Steam is still, like, somebody will have to teach me Steam, uh, Steam a little more if I care. It's one of those things. Because um, I may not have the proper equipment to do this. So, yeah, but we'll get back to I that I think it's later. low settings. Like, they didn't make it a strenuous thing for it. And you have the online play. So it's not a strenuous one to buy for River City Ransom. Okay, well. I. But yeah, there were some games, I think the best experience I had, and I still happen to go onto their streams and they really interact with fans, is um, the Shovel Knight guys from which, Valencia, California. They, Which they I don't do know. All, I have no clue who these guys are. It's um, basically a platformer game. It's reminiscent of Mega Man, Castlevania, Mario, and all that stuff. It's like your childhood wrapped in a dream for NES games and SNES games, but it's like an NES game, but it's not strictly adhering to those rules. So there's parallax and there's modern game conventions in there, Mm. but they got, they were one of the early uh, success stories and they have continued to deliver and they're still delivering. Even though people said, you can stop now, you don't have to do those stretch goals. And they're saying, no, we promise these and we're going to do them. Kind of like, it's kind of like any other Kickstarter company. I know. And so they had the original game. They, did the crunch they got it out they got it out on basically all these systems known to man like it was wii u 3ds and pc when i originally backed and now they've added ps4 vita xbox one amazon fire whatever that weird console game thing they did um and then the switch and then um they've added their add-on packs which were stretch goals And and one of them was three different bosses so they've done plague knight um specter knight which was last year and this q1 right around now hopefully or probably by the time we release this they might have uh released uh king knight but 
they've supposedly been getting the sales. It's like they've been working on the same game for over three or four years. So they've gotten some luck. And they said their Switch version that released last year gave them a big bump too. So Hmm, good on them. Like it's been an interesting experience. Like they were the best of the bunch. There's some others that are Metroidvania type games that I'm still waiting on because a lot of these creators, they do want to give you the best they can give and polish. And some of them are harder to polish, especially the Metroidvania ones. But some of them I'm hopeful are coming this year. Like they've, they keep in contact. It's worrying when they don't keep in contact, right? (laughs) And you lose focus, especially if you're given way more money. But I think we've always done like the lower end tiers and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we can only afford so much these days. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, my my, uh, set of Kickstarters that I supported are more... um, you know, some accessory heavy, some tech heavy. I guess we'll talk about those because um, we'll talk about those in the future, uh, I guess. Um, and um, actually, be- having been in touch with a few of the creators of some of these Kickstarters, here's a hint for the future. I'd like to be able to talk to them on the show. So, and they know it. And I've, uh, hopefully we can do that somewhere along the line. Um and I guess uh, just going back a little bit uh, as to some of the other interests and things maybe we'll cover. As I said, this is Toronto, so we'll um, cover a few things there. I mean, I mean, I admit to being a little bit more of, uh, you know, taking interest in food, I guess, since I can, since, uh, well, uh, you know. For the rest of us, we'll just venture outside just a bit. We'll encompass the whole GTA. Yeah. Just it's so weird bit. when we say that. It's like if you're from outside Toronto, it's like we say the GTA, they're like Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, no. No. It's like we know we've lived here long enough, right? No. I had a good conversation a few yeah, months yeah, ago yeah. on uh, Discord because I was playing this one game online and I'm still playing it. And a lot of them, they're all over the world, like in the States and Mexico and Australia and all over Europe. So it's an interesting community, but someone had put a message to me and obviously they live nearby. So they put Mississauga and the whole voice chat just erupted. They were so confused. They couldn't, they were trying to say Mississauga and they could not say, and I couldn't help myself. I just was laughing hysterically. It well, was something. It's the misprint. I don't know. It's, I was, I think I must've been remembering that one video of Barack Obama. He has one speech where he's trying to oh, say, yeah. Mrs. and everyone tried to help him. They were like yelling it out to him, trying to help and the I, president. He, it was interesting. Thank goodness he was, well, you know, he seen, uh, Obama seemed to be pretty, pretty good natured about it. Uh, Obama has, um, Obama's brother-in-law, I think. Was, like, mm-hmm. was, yeah, brother-in-law. So he's from Burlington. Sister, so. Yeah, his half-sister, yeah. Yeah, from his half-sister. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is from Burlington. So, uh, so, yeah. he, so he would have come through, so... At the time when he was more anonymous, he would have come through this area. So mm-hmm. there's uh, that. So we can start talking about those things. Um, six years ago when I uh, ended, um, six years ago when I last spoke too, I mentioned a, an interest in NHK World, um, especially since uh, that I last spoke just about a year after the earthquake, the Great East Japan earthquake there. Mm-hmm. And, um, how, um, at the time we, at the time people like to keep up, one who wanted to keep up with the news were suggested to tune into NHK, NHK world, which was a streaming, which was a, um, streaming service, uh, that in its infancy at the time. And I've taken more interest in their program. So we're going to talk about that and, uh, consider that your homework for the future. <laughs> not just, uh, not just you, Austin, but, uh, not just you, James, but, uh, for everyone else. Well, that's our world now. It's like. People are cutting the cord, right? And it's mm-hmm. like some of us are watching some of our stuff on instead of going and saying we have our primetime programs yeah. and so on and so forth. It's like some of us, we get off our work and like sometimes during the weekend we say, oh, just watch a few episodes yeah. of something here and there on some streaming service, yeah. whether it be That's... Netflix, Crunchyroll or NHK mm-hmm. World. Yeah, well, we're going to talk things. And... We're, we're talking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk. Uh, so certainly we'll talk that um, on that note. Uh, I guess I, I forgot to mention Kevin Ng. Um, Kevin w- w- Buster Blader, uh, who used mm-hmm. to who was who did the show a couple times, once or twice with us, and was a regular poster on our in our comments for for the old podcast. Uh, gotten a little bit more into fashion. I know that about him, but he he still you know still does stuff, and hopefully we'll have him do the show. He he he's a, he was a great guy to to talk to. And mm-hmm. it, he'll probably be helping me again for helping me out, uh, giving me tips for the in preparation for the Nomonoichi this year because <laughs> he's a he's a master at that. Um. So there's that. 
Oh, geez. I don't know. We're, we've been here for almost an hour now. So, um, and all our equipment's in one piece. It's well, like, except, it for is. One, except for one <laughs> microphone. I have to say, it's like, I'm impressed, but we always kept good care of our, yeah, I'm just, our equipment. It's a like, sad we took that good care we'll of have it. To, we'll need a new microphone if we're going to do four mans again. So, if we're going to do and four mans. And we are very unique. We've always been very unique with our microphones. Like, you see all the podcasts and everything like that. It's more the internet microphones and the low stuff. And we still have these high end. Uh, well, they're old school, too. <laughs> they're old school, but I, it's like. They give us the gravitas, right? Yeah, they, well, it helps. And it's a nice looking setup when we uh, take yeah, no, the 20 minutes to set it up. Yeah, no, it feels uh, great to be here doing this again, of uh, course. I hope we can do this more often. It's just, as I said, um, we're just recording it. As, uh, as DJ City once said, we're just pressing the record button and we'll just see where this takes us. Now we have to figure out a way to put it up. So I'll, we'll have to search on that. Um, what else? Well, there isn't too much. What else? Is there anything else we want to bring up? Oh, what's the score in the uh, what's, score, what's the score in the hockey game? Oh, two, two two, two two midway through the second. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess as I said, this could go a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. So who knows? The sky is definitely the limit. I like, suppose. But uh, as yeah, you great. said, you really wanted uh, to come back, and as you said, someone told you just. Hit the record button and we'll take it from there. And yeah, that's Ron. Ron said that. Yeah, Ron's okay. Yeah, was, Ron said that. So, um, but it's definitely going to be a journey for us in the audience yet again at the beginning because mm-hmm. it was the same when we started. Uh, we started the journey with Anime Roundtable and we felt our wave grew and we did found okay we found how we want to do it and it'll be the same journey, a different journey, but a well, similar you know, journey again. The thing again. is, Anime Roundtable is going to be part of this. Again. Well, definitely, yeah, no, we'll We're definitely do have that, but fair it's... number of those, fair number of roundtable, uh, anime roundtables. So, uh, well, well, we'll discuss that, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll discuss that as we go along. Um, but as I said, I just want to get used to doing this, uh, recording on a new version of GarageBand. This is going to sound a little weirder too. Um, it's just nice to do this again. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we'll have more people sitting around the table. We'll have to clean it up, though. Or clean up the ra- clean up the uh, counters here. We barely <laughs> cleaned up the uh, the kitchen table just to do this. So and uh, hopefully we'll have people uh, sitting around again. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's nothing else. Do we, nothing else to bring up. No, I don't think Not there's right really now. much at the moment. I think we've touched all the bases. So well, to speak. We're, we're just a start anyway. Yeah, just a start. So. Um, well, I guess to the listeners out there, uh, hope you ho- hope you want to listen in. Uh, hope you want to listen, and that's I guess that's a thought because uh, I know um, many of you have probably taken diff- up different interests over the past number of years. Mm-hmm. I guess what? And depending on where we do place it, hopefully uh, we can hear from you again in the comments or. If we set up an email again or figure out a way to do that, we can hear from you again and see where we go from here, of course. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, it was always interesting to read the comments especially, or talk especially, to people. And especially the, interesting the burns, especially the burns we got. Jesus Christ. So, uh, well, I guess we have to prepare for that, don't we? No, yeah. the, the internet's become way more opinionated, too. Well, I found out it's like we, ne- we never uh, it's like I always thought that it was just us sitting around, as we said, uh, talking about what we loved and talking about uh, our lives and stuff like that in different fashions, of course, in the anime fashion. This set up probably more in the GTA Toronto fashion, along with probably some anime at the side, of course. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just go with the flow. That's how we've always been. It's like. We do uh, concern ourselves with all the listeners, as we said, but uh, we don't let it push us too much, as we say. We've always went our, our own beat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's like because it's always been a conversation, as you said. Yeah, it's, it's like a, about yeah. people sitting around the table and having our own discussion. We'd probably be having the same discussions even if we didn't have uh, the microphones, as we've mm, always said. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Just... Uh... I don't know. We'll just uh, see where this goes, okay? I hope you bear with us, though. Uh, I really, uh, to the listeners out there, I hope you bear with us nicely. So uh, let's leave it at that. Anyway, um, 
the only thing I'll say now is, and I guess we're done because you know an hour is long enough. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, thanks a lot for that uh, for listening in, and um, hopefully, one we put this up soon, and two uh, we do this again soon, and we'll figure out which way we want to go with it. Okay, so uh, thanks a lot. Glad to talk to you all of you out there again, and hopefully. Hopefully next time will be very soon. Yep. Thanks again, guys. And thank you, Mike, for inviting me again for this occasion. That's <laughs> very kind of you. All right. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. Good night from Toronto. <laughs>